Not a whole lot. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy 2016. How's how's this year been for you? Uh, I've been sick. For a total might, of two you days. You might hear it in my voice. I, I've been sick since we got back. Got so back from been... Beaver County? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you must have picked something um, up. Yeah, being around children. Oh, were you around a lot of kids? Cesspools. Um, nieces and nephews, yeah. It's uh-huh. exciting. Yeah. I th- I thought you meant like... Dustin and Larry and friends calling them children. Well, they might be children, but we're all children. <laughs> Speak for yourself. I'm a full-grown man. You're a full-grown man. You're an adult. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to 2v1, the adult podcast. <laughs> it's just it's just me and Josh. I'm Nick. Alex is still on vacation. And that makes me Josh. Yeah. Been perfect time to play a bunch of games, though. It seems that way. For me, at least. But I don't know if I played a lot of different things. Yeah. Well, between going home and whatnot, that took a whole week away from playing things. Yeah, that's true. I wasn't playing anything while I was home either, but (laughs) that's basically all I've done since I got back. Well, what games are those? I'll jump right into the Talos Principle, since I just beat that. Talos Principle is a first-person puzzler that is similar to Portal, I would probably say. Not really in mechanics or, like, story or anything, but, like, you're just working your way through rooms and solving, you know, various puzzles. So it's like any other puzzle game in first-person. Well, but how many first-person ones have you played? In first-person. That's what I mean. Okay. I guess. And, And it also has, like, a story that's being told to you not totally outright kind of like portal like portal you kind of have to put things together up until like a certain point um but anyway talus principle is uh you are a robot and you're running around uh set rooms using various objects to open up gateways and collect uh tetris pieces wait re- really like Yes. They don't call yes. them Tetris pieces, though, right? Well, they, there actually is a term for those. Um, I think they're Tetraminos or something. So it is a subtle reference. Well, of. it is and it isn't. And and I thought that same thing, too. And I didn't get to do enough research yet. But but I, I don't think that's a wholly Tetris-specific thing. I think Tetris grabbed those, like, shapes from mathematics. I could be wrong. Yeah, but, that's new um, to me, if that's a thing. Yeah, well, yeah, because they briefly, like, talk about it. Like, in this game, a lot of the story is told through, like, journal entries, I guess. So, so many games do that. Like, you'll pick up pieces of paper and read something, and it'll give you a glimmer of story. That's basically this whole game's story, in a way. Um, which is actually done really well. But I found one that talked about the Tetris stuff. And it said it said it was based on some like mathematician of however long ago. I don't know. So it's probably a head nod because you do solve puzzles with those pieces. But at the same time, it has like other meaning in this game, I guess. Um, 
because the most interesting thing for it for me was that it's all about like philosophy and you know the impact of artificial intelligence and like how it could uh, impact our future lives how it's going to change humanity in a way um similar to soma kind of which i we talked about on another episode i just Um, watched a a very quick trailer while you were talking about it because i i have zero reference as to what this game is but it does look familiar i remember seeing things about it and your character looks like a robot from irobot yeah yeah they do look very similar to the irobot robots like even the face and everything um it's it's a super super interesting game if you're into like anything science fiction or just you know pondering the questions of like what is the meaning of life and blah 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 that stuff it's it was fascinating and and that was why I enjoyed it so much was because even though you're only getting all that from like the journal entry stuff it's it's really well written and interesting to read so is there any and speech it, in it at all there or, is okay. yeah yeah there's plenty there's plenty actually because you're um you're kind of like figuring out exactly what your place in this world is as you play so like it seems like it's a simulation or it might be real life or or whatever and you you pick up like audio recordings of another of a person who's working on this project um that you are wrapped up in and also you get spoken to by god (laughs) so there there's also like this religious overtone to it that's pretty cool because like you you start the game and it's like god speaks to you and he calls himself elohim which is like a name for god in some maybe hebrew but that's probably a name people have heard of in reference to god he's like i am god you will do my what i tell you and you will like live in this world and learn these things and i have given you life and stuff and and like he's talking to you this as you work your way through the game and it's just like a whole other layer of it. So, you know, like I said, you're worrying about, or you're learning about, like, philosophical questions like, at what point are you considered a person? What is a conscious person? That stuff. And then also, like, what is religion and who is God and all that. And and all that. And it's just, it's really funny that it's wrapped up in this puzzle game. <laughs> yeah, weird. Who made it? And, uh, the people that made Serious Sam. That's that's like a polar opposite. Is, isn't it? And that's what's really cool, because Serious Sam is like a super fun, silly, first-person shooter series that's been around for a long time. And then, all of a sudden, they release, like, this really, like... Deep. Like, deep-thinking, difficult puzzle game. Because <laughs> um, it definitely was difficult. Uh, but it was also something that I really, really did not look anything up for other than like the secret stuff, which literally I think would be impossible to figure out on your own. And I loved it. I loved the whole thing. I blew through it in a couple days because I was just crazy about it. I, it was all I wanted to play. All I was thinking about solving puzzles was really rewarding because, like, there were so many aha moments, like, wow, I can't believe this is the solution. It was just really well done, all around. And I immediately bought, there's DLC for it, I immediately bought that. 
Um, I don't know when I'm gonna play it because I think I need to take a break. Did you <laughs> did you get it in like uh, in the Steam sale or just on a? I whim? did. I bought it. I actually bought it a while ago, because it's weirdly kind of an expensive game. It's not like an it's not like a small game. I think it's forty dollars. Well, I mean, um, it sounds like you got your money's worth. Oh, I definitely got my money's worth. Like, it, it, uh, this is one of those situations where I almost feel bad I didn't spend that much money on it. Because it was like, I think I got it for 10 I probably spent 10 on it. Which, that's what it's on sale for right now on Steam. Um, it's also on PlayStation 4. And, interesting enough, it's on Android. Which, I don't know what that means, because I don't know how you would play this on a tablet. Like, it's not... It's not like a graphics hog by any means, but it's also pretty like expansive. Like the the 3D environments are pretty big and there's textures on everything. So that's kind of crazy. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what that version looks like. But yeah, I loved it. Totally recommend it for anyone that even had a shred of interest in Portal. Like Portal was fun and had a great story, but it also had challenging puzzles talus principle has that and like more like some of the some of the puzzles just blew my mind and like some of the secret stuff like how the how the world is laid out there's like these three temple buildings that you walk into and then once you go into that building it's then broken out into like six or seven areas and in in those areas there's like five or six individual puzzles so there's a lot of puzzles in this game so i'm on the wiki now just browsing through it and there's two things i want to ask about yeah one it says there are over 120 puzzles which seems like a lot it's okay so it's probably counting the stuff that you do with the tetris pieces because once you collect all of those in order to uh, progress through like the story-ish part of the game and like open up secret areas. You have to solve puzzles with those Tetris pieces. Um, so it's and there's a lot of the there was a decent amount of those, and it, I'm sure it's counting them. But overall, there is a lot of stuff to figure out in the game. Like it it's crazy. All right, and number two, it mentions there's QR codes throughout the world you can scan. Did you do you any don't... that? Okay, so I never <clears throat> scanned any of them, and I don't know if it gives you anything different, but whenever you put your cursor over them, it gives you text. Oh, oh that's cool they do that. It All it says is when you scan them, it gives oh. you an audio recording. The, oh, interesting. Oh, that's really interesting, actually. Because um, the, the voice acting was pretty good, like, for the little bit that there was. I I enjoyed it. So that's that's cool, I guess, but there were so, so many in the game. That would have been annoying to scan them every time. Quick tangent. I still don't yeah. know what the fuck you do with QR codes. You scan them. With what? A QR scanner on your phone. Okay, so like literally you just have to download any QR scanner app? Yeah, and, and you actually probably have one built in, oh, I think. I, um but it I but it's no just idea. you point your you point your camera at it and it'll scan it. Yeah, I I, I can't I, believe you've never done that. No, I know that far, but the the whole what you use to scan it i i don't know anything about yeah your phone your cell phone well, i i don't know i mean i'm being I'm too sure broad there's other devices but i'm bringing i'm being too broad i know you scan it with your phone but like do you have to download specific apps is it already on your phone like what what's it oh. take you to is are they all the same oh so so i have an app and it just scans the qr code and then 
like whatever it whatever that QR code is holding, like text or whatever, it just brings it up in that app. So it doesn't matter what app you use essentially for a QR code. No, because it's all the same. Like those those uh those dot like the square arrangements of the squares in that square are just a set of information. Then then why wouldn't like phones already come with that installed? Like an Apple That's what QR I'm saying. code or an Android. That's QR what I'm saying. Code. I feel like that might already exist. I just know I couldn't if it did I had to I couldn't find it in my phone and I had to download an app. I don't I don't know. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I continue with your Talos. Last thing I wanted to say was just what I was leading up to, how the world is laid out with multiple puzzles in a, let's call it a room. You're in a room that is technically outside. Um, it goes through like Greek architecture, Egyptian architecture, and oh, like uh, medieval architecture are the three er like main areas of the game. Um, so say you're outside in like an Egypt area, there's pyramids everywhere and like ruined temples. In all of the individual puzzle places where you go through a door that you can't take items out of, you solve it, solve the puzzle, get the Tetris piece and leave, you would have to do puzzles relating all of those areas together to get like the secret stuff, which were stars. And you had to get, I, this is another thing. I thought the stars were optional. I thought that I thought I was going to just get the gist of this game and do enough puzzles to get through it because I heard so many good things, but I didn't want to devote too much time to it, etc. I ended up doing everything because I just loved it all and wanted to know everything about it. Um, so I followed a guide for the stars because they are crazy. They are crazy. Like, it. I hope you play this someday just so you can see how they not only designed all these really crazy puzzles that are difficult and challenging they also made puzzles within puzzles that relate them all together like the only example i could think of and this may be really specific and hard to remember in the first portal i'm already gonna you, tell you i won't remember because i never you i won't remember never well do you do you remember not not a specific puzzle i guess but do you remember the moment in portal when you realize you step outside of the testing chambers. Like, you go through a wall. Yeah. And you're vaguely. in the behind-the-scenes stuff. Yes. You remember that? Yes, I do. Think of it that way. Like, just that you think you're in this boundary of a puzzle room, but in reality, you can get out of it, you can jump on the edge of the walls, you can throw stuff outside of the walls. There might be, like, secret doors that let you take stuff outside of the puzzle so you can use it in the outer area. Like, it it just blew my mind the whole time I was doing it. Every time I was doing one, it was just like, wow. Fascinating. So, now, these the, the answers you had to look up, would you have... The stars. The stars. Would you have ever figured those out? I think uh, there were 30 stars in the game. I think I got five on my own. Now, after you looked up the the solution, it, never would have figured it out. Oh, that's nope. where I was getting at. No way. Nope. There, there was one, and I texted you when I was like really blown away by one of them. Mm -hmm. But there was one where you you would there's like no indication that you could do something with it. So like there's in one of, in the Egyptian area, 
one of the pyramids of Giza is in the background all the time. It's the one that still has some marble at the top, which I'm sure people are familiar with. Um, that one, that the very top of the pyramid is a part of getting one of the stars. And it's so far away, and, like, it's kind of just a background set piece that, like, you would never guess that you use it for something. So then that's only one aspect of the puzzle. You have to point this connector thing to the very top of that pyramid, and then you have to highlight something that's hidden in a wall with virtually no indication that it's there, and that's that's where you get a star. Like, it... There's no way. There's no way somebody just was just like, oh, yeah, this is probably here, you know? It was just some random spot in the in the world. One of my least favorite things that a variety of puzzlers do, and it's just a personal thing, is forcing you to write things down and, like, step out of the game to solve things. Is there, Was there any of that? Well, so I think I think this is probably where... This this would probably lose a lot of people. Like if if you're not totally into the game and wanting to see all of the secret stuff and like learn as much as you can about the story, this would be really annoying getting all of these stars because like it both didn't take me very long, but I also had to follow video guides. Mm-hmm. So I I'm playing on my computer, that's not a problem cuz on my other screen I just have the video going. But you know, sitting on your PlayStation 4 and sitting on your couch and whatever, you might not have something nearby that makes that easy to look things up. And yes, it introduces an outside step that you need to do. Ugh. Um, But I don't want that to be a like turning away point because seriously, I don't know. I think it was worth doing. It it radically get there's two different endings to the game so like the ending that i got for doing everything was fascinating and then if you just don't do any of that the regular ending is also really interesting but very not it's very much a letdown i guess so you you saw both of them yeah i went back i i reloaded to go back because the one the the ending that you don't do all the secret stuff for you unlock like pretty easily it's just for solving all the uh, standard puzzles in the game, which I didn't expect to talk about this this long. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, well, I because I really love it. That that's why I'm just super jazzed about it. S- solving those base puzzles, the ones that don't don't really require you to look things up, was so satisfying. Like we've we've kind of talked about that before. Like Alex said, he played through Braid without looking it up and like he really enjoyed that and it was really rewarding. That's that's how I treated this game. I didn't look up any regular puzzle solution. I figured them all out on my own. And there were times where I had to like walk away from a decent amount of them because I was just so caught in a way of thinking that I couldn't progress. Mm-hmm. Like I kept I kept seeing a a wall and I was like there's no way this is doable, and I got pissed, and I would leave. But then I came back to them and solved them really fast. And that was, like, really interesting to experience, because there were there was a period of time where this game messes with your expectations so much that I legitimately thought it would have puzzles that were unsolvable. <laughs> and and na- that made me think of a really nefarious, like, situation where... How hasn't that happened in a puzzle game yet? 
Well, at least not that we know of. That we know of. Yeah, like how, how hasn't somebody made, go, you know, we're making a puzzle game. Here's all these puzzles. And then, and then just, you know, sprinkle in a few that are literally impossible to solve that have no solution. That would be a like, kick in the cra- dick to find that out. How crazy would that drive people? You know, like, can you, like, for me, it was so hard to stop and, like, walk away and be like, I'll come back to this. Like, my completionist at, like, nature just wanted to not continue before finishing it. So just those, that would just screw people over like that in a sort of, like, that would be funny to me while insanely frustrating to those people. Yeah, I I would be a little upset about that. Well, the some of these puzzles in this game, it absolutely tries to confuse you. Like you, you might be given too many objects in a in an area, and you won't use hardly any of them. Or you might see a spot in the puzzle where like you need to unlock this gate and get into the gate, but in reality, you don't. Like it's just there to confuse you. And there, there was a lot of that misdirection that I don't know. I, I never experienced. I mean, See, I, I, I like that. I like the whole that, misdirection thing. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. Only like the ultimate misdirection is this puzzle has no solution. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, no, I know. I, I, I don't think it's a great idea either. It just is a funny thing to think about. Wonder how. Um. Oh, what the hell's his name? Uh, the uh, Jonathan Blow. I wonder what his Jonathan game. Blow, the witness. Yeah, yeah. I'm now that I played Talos Principle, super, super excited to play the witness. I was like real hesitant to get into a game like this again because really, really the only one I played was Portal and Portal Two. Like any other puzzle game I've played has been like 2D, and you can see the whole room, and like it's not the same. Like first person stuff is kind of hard to do because you can't see everything at once. Like you have to run back and forth a lot and like stop and think and try and get a good perspective on the area. Yeah, I haven't played a puzzle game know. in a while. I don't I don't think. It, that's that's what I mean. I like I was hesitant to get into this game because I was like, I don't know if I'm ready for this. I don't know if I can dedicate myself to this. But I heard enough good things that I just finally like this was the time I needed to play it. I wouldn't yeah, I wouldn't consider Peggle a puzzle game. I play Peggle a lot still. I know I know there's like skill in Peggle, but there's also a lot of luck. Oh, it absolutely. Yeah, so so no, I wouldn't really consider that too much of a puzzle game. Like it kind of it it, it probably is in the like generic broad sense. But I'm looking through my games played to see if see if I have anything. That I know that's like I can't think of anything other than like Portal Two, and that was a while ago. Uh, Valiant Hearts wasn't really a puzzle game. Nah, it's an adventure game. Uh. Yeah, not nothing. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, so check this out. Super Time I really Force. Think, nah, nah. Uh, yeah, I guess that's kind of a puzzle game. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so oh my god. Okay. Mortalis principle. One of one of the mechanics in this game for like solving puzzles was making a recording of yourself, sort of like Super Time Force, and that that stuff just blew my mind occasionally like just picture like you have to you have to set up your um 
whatever objects you're using to like solve a certain part of the puzzle and then you have to record yourself messing with all that stuff solving a different part and having it all work together at once like it's crazy and frustrating yeah i i don't know i'm just not the biggest puzzler puzzle player i think whatever you want i i think my mo- mo- like 90 percent of my enjoyment of this game was was the philosophy stuff mm-hmm. like it, it was it was just super interesting to like stop and ponder like oh what would i do in this situation or what how would i classify consciousness or what 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 are the answers to these questions and like you have you have this conversation like you're a robot yourself right so that's known. You know you're a robot. The whole thing is about, you know, robots. There are no humans in this game other than voices. And so you're a robot. You have some sort of artificial intelligence. And you walk around and get your these journals from, like, computer terminals. And you have a conversation with another AI that is living within the terminals. And, like, it was really interesting to just have a conversation with, a, like, robot to robot trying to determine the meaning of humanity. <laughs> like, there's just something really hilarious about that so to wh- me. So where would this have ended up on your year-end list? If I'd played it this year, I don't know if it would have been... I don't know if it would have kicked out anything in my current top ten. Maybe. But... I do regret and feel bad at the timing of this game's release. It came out last December. Yeah, I saw in that. In 2014, when, like, no major media outlet would have played it and had it even on their radar. So it kind of, like, it has, it definitely has a following and it probably sold all right. I don't know. But it's just, like, they really missed reaching a lot of people. And that's really unfortunate. Because if I had played it back then, I mean, the, I don't know. I think very highly of it, obviously. I was able to talk about it for half an hour. <laughs> yeah, you got you got caught up in it. Yeah, it's it, it's it was really good. And like I said, they, they had DLC for it that I heard is also very good. So I'm going to play that. I think it kind of works out to being a full price game with both of those. Did you end up getting anything else to the Steam sale? Like, what, what yeah, you I got bought a bunch of things. I'm going to play XCOM next, um, since XCOM 2 comes out in a couple weeks. That's the wrong answer. What's the right answer? Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah, I'm not ready for it. I'm not ready for Telltale. I, I played I played Walking Dead and um, Borderlands too close to each other. You know, it, that's okay, because you did at least take the first step and you own it. So. Yeah, no, I definitely, yeah, I bought it, for sure. I, I knew I was going to get it on this winter sale because it it was six dollars for the whole season yeah it's a steal totally worth it yeah i pretty much everything i bought was just dirt cheap i don't think i bought anything expensive at all really yeah xbox had their big sale too and i got alien for 10 bucks and nice life is strange which i'm hopefully i think i'm gonna start today i'm really excited for that yeah i'm curious because it's like it's like modeled after a Telltale game, only it's not made by them. Mm-hmm. So that'll be I'm I'm excited to hear what you think about it. I've heard good things, but I've heard bad things too. I haven't heard so much negativity surrounding it. I've just heard that like the characters and 
the story kind of aren't that great, but you know, it's all subjective. Who knows? Yeah. It looks like it's about the same amount of time as a telltale game too. through all the episodes, it's like 14, 15 hours. That's pretty good. Yeah. Interesting. It's a decent amount of time. Interesting to see where that goes. Cause I, I, again, that's something else I really don't know anything about other than you're like a high schooler that can kind of control time and you have a camera or something, but yeah, the basics, the, the typical, typical high school. Um, is that all you bought? Well, that and Alien. The, man, I was well, kinda, yeah, those I was, two. I was pretty disappointed with all the sales. I was expecting a lot more. Yeah, but I don't know what um, I don't know what you would have been looking for. I guess I what I bought on Steam was a bunch of old games, not not nothing new, yeah. really. I almost I bought got a replay, but I'll, I'll never play that. <sighs> you should. <laughs> Sorry, so good. I did finish just cause though yeah how was that i i want to know how mediocre it is i i had a lot of fun with it it's a fun playable game yeah but the whole frame rate drop and the loading screens and how many loading screens there are completely separated me from it to the point so i just wanted to get through it be done with it and and that's it like so that's interesting cuz we argued about that. Well, I'm not okay. We did. But it it's not <laughs> it's not necessarily the the load lengths that I'm upset with. Um cuz they did patch it so they're a little quicker. Yeah. It's how many loading screens there are. For yeah, so it doesn't like load the whole world or something. Well, no, I mean once once you get into it, you're good to do whatever. But uh huh, like uh cutscenes, there might be like we'll take one entire cutscene. It might be broken down into like four loading screens, or it might be like Ew. here's a a three second cutscene. Fly this plane for three seconds, and then let's put you into another cutscene. Oh no! Like it transitions between cutscenes and and actually playing. So then every time it has to reload that yes. like big open world. Wow, that seems like a pretty big oversight. It and it was again. It was only during the the um, campaign, which was relatively short. Yeah. Um, but without without the campaign, it's it's an impressive game. Uh, it's it's absolutely beautiful. Um, each, mm-hmm. each separate, I guess, island has a pretty unique look compared to the other two. Like one of them's like a beach ish, like waterfront villages sort of thing. And one's like, uh, almost like, almost like the entire island is terraformed and they have like giant saws over it and they're, <laughs> they're tearing down all the trees. It's, it's cool. The, I, they did a really good job with the world itself and with, with the gameplay, but Man, those loading screens and the frame rate drops for a game Did that you get... focused so heavily on just complete mayhem. Yeah, like chaos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a little disappointing. Did did you get sick of the 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 mayhem? Not really. No, it was, it's no? fun and it was done well and like some of the weapons you eventually end up unlocking and vehicles just change the way you play it, I guess. So it, it it's fun in that aspect. However, I think I mentioned this the first time I talked about Just Cause is a, a lot of the abilities are hidden behind completing challenges. 
and mm-hmm. it's stuff yeah. that I would like to have used throughout the entire game, but didn't care enough to spend 10 minutes trying to fly through rings or. Uh, yeah, that sucks. So, I mean, yeah, that's it, lame. It was good. I wish all those damn loading screens didn't exist and I'd probably still be playing it. But at this point, I really don't care. I finished it. And I'm done. Are the um are those special unlocks locked behind those specific abilities, or is it or not? Are those abilities locked behind those specific like scenarios, like flying through a ring, or is it like building up experience points? Okay, to so, unlock stuff. So there's like seven ish different challenges. Like there's a like types, like yeah. types, like flying through rings with a plane driving through rings with a car driving through rings with a boat like that would be three different ones yeah and uh each one you can get up to five gears which is just another form of experience and uh all those gears in that specific challenge type will unlock the abilities for Uh, something in in that like a uh faster planes or you can jump with cars which is kind of funny um that is funny but like Like rocket league yeah some like the ones with the tethers tethering i would have wanted all the upgrades for that tether for the entire game but you couldn't until you unlocked them yeah that's a that's kind of that's kind of lame yeah like i i know that my my whole thing with not really worrying about playing it is that i thought i'd get bored like all the destruction and stuff and flying around and whatever looks fun but if that's all you're doing like that would get tiresome and then not being able to change it up because you have to do like tedious tasks to change it up. <laughs> that's that's that kind of sucks. I really really the only reason I didn't get bored is that portion of the game is done really well. Um just yeah. the destruction element and the draw distance is absolutely insane. Like you can start shooting something from really far away and you can see your rockets just the entire time. That thus why it probably has crazy load times. <laughs> True. Yeah. Yeah. But I, at first, I thought, hey, this could potentially have ended up in my ten for the year. But after finishing it, it, it wouldn't have knocked anything out. Yeah, I, uh, I, just I don't even know if I'll ever play it. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I might. Did, I might check it out from a from Redbox or something. Did you play the second one? Other than a demo, nope. It's, I got I got enough from the demo. Yeah, it's, it's very much the same thing. Other than the, they added yeah. the wingsuit. Um, yeah, and that looks fun. It and it is. It you get around quick and it's exhilarating at some moments, but yeah, you just get used to it. So and then and then it just becomes another game mechanic that you don't even think twice about. Yeah, it's just like you're you moving, mm-hmm. <laughs> getting around. I'm trying to think if I played yeah. anything else. I'm not sure. I haven't heard you talk about anything else. Yeah, I, I really haven't. I don't know. Um, I played more Ark. Oh yeah, how is that? Uh, it's right up my alley, and hard to recommend <laughs> to anybody, really. And I'm not even. I'm only playing by myself. And I, I think I mentioned how like there's a big focus on the multiplayer aspect of it. Um, which I'm a, a friend at work bought it. I'm hoping he gets into it. Maybe we'll check that out. But it's a it's a good podcast game. 
Like if I have things to listen to or music or just music. Oh, okay. I didn't know what you meant by it, that. It's a good game to like sort of zone out on things and just like craft stuff, gather resources and whatever. Like I said, I think I likened it to Minecraft where I, when I first was playing Minecraft, I would kind of just run around the world to see what it generated mm -hmm. because I thought that was really cool to look at and like at the time very impressive to see like oh wow it formed this huge canyon and there's lava running through it and then there's like wa a waterfall pouring into that canyon like all of that stuff being procedurally generated was fascinating and arc has that in a better you know higher fidelity everything is actually like rendered with textures and has like 3d models it's not just blocks um that's really cool and then also there's the whole like dinosaur stuff like, I feel like I'm in danger literally every second I'm playing that game. That's fun. <laughs> Which, it's a survival game. Like, you have to survive, and that feels pretty cool because my the last, like, period, like play period I had, I spent a while just gathering stuff and bringing it back to my um, hut. I, ha I have a hut with a bed. You, you which... managed to get that far. Yeah, well, be, that actually is progress because now that I have a bed established, I have a place I can respawn at consistently instead of respawning at random locations of the map and starting from scratch again. So I, I have I have a home base, and that was a big deal. I was really excited about that. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, like, building that up, trying to get walls going so I can, like, sort of protect myself a little bit and not worry about things. And... I get attacked by this giant fucking bird dinosaur <laughs> that won't leave me alone and was destroying me. And I kept respawning at my bed and it was waiting for me every time. <laughs> so I, I had this legitimate like battle with one creature to win back my bed. How did, how'd you kill it? Um, I had to respawn a little bit away from my base. So, okay. And so I actually had to like really, really think about this and plan it. Um, I think I mentioned before that like the map that you have, when you start out, it doesn't show you where you are on the map. You have to get to a point where you can craft a compass. So you know, which way you're facing and where you're at, like latitude and longitude. Um, so I don't have a compass yet. <laughs> so my map is impossible to read. <laughs> Uh, so you could probably get lost super easily. So you can get lost. You can get lost very easily, and that was always a problem in Minecraft. Like That was the earlier stages of Minecraft. You had to be very aware of which direction you were going or you were leaving where you were establishing yourself. And it was easy to get lost because everything looked the same. Um, in Ark, I was able to use... Like, every time you spawn, you can pick, like, north, south, east, west on the map. And then, like, three zones in each of those cardinal directions. So, like, you get a general area every time. So, I was like, okay, I need to spawn at a lo different location so I can, like, get away from this bird and whatever. And there's, like, this big thing up in the sky that looks like a... It kind of looks like the Death Star. Like, not, it doesn't look like the Death Star in in terms of it has a circle in it that shoots a laser but it's like a big 
piece of machinery in the sky that looks like a moon, but it isn't a moon. Um, cause there is this weird technology stuff in arc. And, uh, I was able to use the position of that in the sky to find my way back to my bed. <laughs> oh, look at you, little boy scout. And right. I, I felt really, really good about it. <laughs> and along the way, every time you die, you lose your resources. So along the way, I was gathering resources, getting myself like clothed again so I could take a little bit less damage and getting weapons and meat so I could regain my health. And I made my way back to this bird and I fucked it up. And it was real cool, like doing that. It was like a really specific scenario, like perfectly exemplifying how that game is a survival game. Like it, it was pretty crazy. Interesting. That's Ark. That's that game. I don't know. That's all I'm doing is killing things and eating them and skinning them. <laughs> so I have two bones it's, to pick with you. It's fun. Uh-oh, why? All right. What? First, I'm very upset with you in telling me to watch Making a Murderer. Yes. I didn't know if you wanted to talk about this. Yes. I Worth bringing up. I... I before you said anything about it, I saw it on Netflix and I kind of just browsed past it. Yeah. So I never would have watched it unless you told me to watch it. And I'm pissed I watched that thing. <laughs> I'm, I'm genuinely was, upset. You're you're upset about like the information about it or you're actually, you feel like you wasted your time? The information. Okay, good. Important distinction. Yes, it, yeah. Very important. Because I was worried about I was worried about you saying like, oh, I want ten hours of my life back. No. No, no, no. I I don't even know what I want to say about it. I It's hard to talk about it without spoiling anything. But I mean any if anybody even looked it up online, uh, you could find out what is going on anyway. But <laughs> Yeah, can you can you spoil something that happened ten years ago? Well, so that that was a that was a conversation I had with my mom because I because I watched this um we're talking about a documentary on Netflix, Making a Murder, about a dude and his trial for a murder he was charged with, for anybody not following. Um, I watched it when I was home over the holidays, and my mom watched it with me for a little bit. Like, she was just popping in and bullshitting with me while I was watching it, because that was where I, primar I like, marathoned the show. And she was like well, don't you already know it happens? And I was like, actually, no, because I've never heard about this. I don't know who this guy is. I've never heard of this case. Apparently, it was national news, but we would have been teenagers. Mm -hmm. So, like, I wouldn't have been paying attention to the news. Um, I still and this is, like, 10 years later, I guess. But my enjoyment of that was everything leading up to what the verdict was. Mm -hmm. Just... Seeing seeing all that in-court footage of, like, witnesses on the stand and knowing that it's, like, real people and this really happened and, like, these lawyers amounted this pretty crazy defense and blah, 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 all this stuff surrounding it. Like, that is really interesting to me all of a sudden out of nowhere. I never cared about crime, mm -hmm. like, true crime stuff. And obviously there's there's way more to this case and what they were able to show in 10 yeah, episodes. Yep. And, you know, it, it can create a bias, obviously. Uh, obviously, yes. But I think one of my biggest things that it, I have a very hard time looking past 
and I, I'm, I guess I'm going to get a little specific. So if you haven't seen it, then you're probably going to have no idea what I'm talking about. But <laughs> the, the not finding any DNA in the bedroom or the garage. Right. Like, I feel like yeah. something like that alone should have had the case thrown away. I know. And I think that's what's really interesting about this stuff is, like, we know nothing about forensics, law, mm-hmm. <laughs> being a police officer, <laughs> any of that stuff, killing people. Like, but... It's it's when really small situations like that are just glaringly obvious to us as the viewer. Mm-hmm. Like, why isn't that something that's just like, yeah, we don't have, you know, we don't have a link at this specific spot. So how can we send this guy to prison? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and that's what this whole thing's predicated on, basically. And- like, there's there's. Evidence, but not evidence. And the the little bit of evidence that exists apparently is enough. And, like, for us, that's really hard to understand. It's just, it's very but frustrating that it, it, it it's almost it's like scary. it can come, yeah, it, it's very scary that it, really the evidence or lack thereof evidence doesn't matter in the criminal justice system. Yes. What's more important is the attorney you have and what he can sway with Absolutely. his words, essentially. So... I've told you this, but to listeners possibly who have seen Making a Murderer and nothing else similar, The Jinx on HBO uh, about Robert Durst, who was actually in the news recently, like the past couple months, because he just got picked up again on charges. I think I think it might have had something to do with the documentary on HBO. I could be wrong. I'm probably wrong because that seems ridiculous, but... It's still relating back to what that documentary is about. This guy murdered somebody and admitted to it and then tried to dispose of the body and still got released because his lawyers were amazing. And that's what's really crazy to watch. And I highly suggest watching. I probably will now. And I'm sure I'm you be absolutely upset. you absolutely should watch it because you enjoyed making murder like the jinx is actually um done differently because the uh the journalists actually have their own they they're in it like they are characters in the documentary whereas making a murderer was just all tv clips and um interviews and text like there was hardly any editorial other than you know how it was filmed and like edited which i want to say i really liked how they did that Yes, I did too. I thought that was what was really cool about it was that they they took themselves mostly out of it. The only bias in it was was hey, this is a really weird case and it looks like this guy didn't do it. That was the only bias. Mm-hmm. Um whereas the jinx, I mean, you can form an opinion on just the journalists themselves, but it's still done really well. It's it's just a different thing. Um totally recommend watching that because dude this guy, this isn't a spoiler, it's the first episode. This dude chopped this guy up and threw his body in the ocean because he was, like, hiding out as somebody. And this guy figured it out. And then Robert Durst gets let go. 
like his his lawyers are like it was self defense it was self defense and he chopped up this body because he didn't want to get in trouble. <laughs> See it, this this brings it's me insane up. it's insane. This brings up another point that I wanted to touch on is how the hell do these people live with themselves? Well, I mean, how do how does anybody kill a person? You know, it's you can't really. No, I'm, I'm talking from an attorney standpoint. Oh yeah, I don't know. I I was thinking about like the stress level, like trying to piece together a case. Mm-hmm. I can't. I can't imagine. It's 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 wild. Like watching making a murderer, and anytime Ken Kratz, who was the um, district attorney for the state, anytime he spoke, I was just upset and like. I, yeah. I couldn't put myself in his shoes and understand how I could go home at night and be okay with what I'm doing. And it's important to understand the bias of that show. Yeah, yes, yes. They they only show him in a negative light the whole time. So it's easy to like vilify him and be like, oh my god, this guy's terrible. Like They're putting away this innocent guy. It's really easy to do that when you're watching it, but you have to also think like, yeah, they are he is an attorney. Yeah. <laughs> He's doing his job. Like no matter what side it, they're on, they have to support, you know, their end of it. No matter how bad it sounds, that's their job. That's what's crazy to me. <laughs> and with how things came to a close in that last episode, with what we ended up finding out about Ken, yeah, I was surprised but very pleased. <laughs> yeah. That might be a terrible thing I, to say, but I don't care. I'm well, and that's, I was pretty upset, like watching the whole thing. Like I was getting riled up mm-hmm. and my mom was sitting there with me and we were talking about it and she was like, Oh, do you think this? And I was like, yeah, I think this, but you know, taking a step back after watching it all, like you have to look at both sides. And that's what I think I like the most about this stuff is that, the reason it's so um, engaging, like for an audience, is like there is no definitive answer. Like the mystery is what's crazy and interesting. And the in the build I, that, up for me I, to the trial and the build up the trial itself, and that's what I mean. Like it's it's like all just adding to like the mystery mm-hmm. of you don't you don't really know what's going on, and there might not really be an, a payoff. And even if there isn't. It's still, it's still something worth witnessing. Even if you have then, no interest, it's worth check at least like, watching a couple episodes to see if you can get into it. Yeah, and it's it's also important to remember that it's like real things and like real horrible things happen to people involved in this. Like the the girl that got murdered, like shit, you know that's awful. Mm-hmm. And and the way that they talk about how it apparently happened is just awful but it's like a i can't think of the word can't help you with this one yeah i'm 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 losing it that's all right voyeuristic i guess but no matter what it's interesting and uh listen to the serial podcast (laughs) yeah you know it's funny because i've seen a couple other people like friends mention it yeah yeah, I mean, I, that, I just listened to that, the first season. The, the second season that's going on right now sounds super interesting about the dude that 
uh, abandon the military, but I'm waiting until it's all done and I'll listen to it all again. Yeah. The first season was about another murder trial, which the evidence is not very clear. And this dude went to jail for a murder that maybe he didn't do and is still in jail. You know what? We didn't even mention that with making a murderer, Stephen Avery, who is the one (laughs) charged with this, this murder. The first three episodes was about how he was sent to jail in 85 just to find out 18 years later he was innocent and let go. Yeah, that's that's the most interesting part of that story for sure. Hard to imagine. That's what makes it so scary. Like somebody just points their finger at you. You did it. All right, you're going to jail. You know? And then you spend 18 years locked away just to, for some new technology to come out to prove that you really didn't do it and you hear about that kind of often Mm -hmm. anymore like it's happened to a bunch of cases like within the last couple years where they're like oh new dna evidence actually exonerates you sorry which for being in jail for 20 some years which that in itself is is good that's a great thing that you know that's a great thing yeah but this all starts with the the justice system and yeah yeah yeah, I don't want to. I could talk a lot longer about this, but we'll call it quits for now because I need to get on to reason number two. I'm upset with you. Yeah, that was yeah. What's the what's the second one? I forgot. I've I've already brought this up off the podcast, but I want to mention it again. And the Taken King not being in even a mention for your game of the year. No, and good good point to bring up. Um, you can see our game of the year list at our blog. 2verse1blogspot.com You can just search in Google and find it. But yeah, um, no, it was not in my top 10 because I was super excited about Destiny again, and we talked about it on at least two or three episodes. Doesn't change the fact that I played it not even close to as many other of the other games that are on my list or enjoyed it as much. I'm not, I'm not arguing it not being in your top 10, but you, you made some mentions too wasn't even in your mentions i know because i'm not because i don't think about it like as much as i (laughs) i think i think if you go back and like listen to how i feel about destiny through this podcast it's like one week i really like it and another week i just don't give a shit about it and that's totally true and and that's why i don't didn't feel the need to acknowledge it because here's here's another thing that's probably going to drive you up the wall i forgot about it (laughs) i forgot to even think about it when I was writing that. So that should that should tell you a lot. <laughs> I didn't even think about it until you said something. You were like, why is Destiny not even on there? And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess it isn't. <laughs> Whoops. Disappointing. Eh. Destiny is a good game now. You should play it. That's about all I can say about it right now, I think. That's my current feelings. I guess I'll take that much, at least. Yeah, it's undeniable that they like made it better, but so you've beat the Destiny horse to death. Yeah, and, I'm, and they're gonna just keep keep going with it. Yeah, which is totally okay. But while we're on the game of the year list stuff, I started playing Battlefront again today. Hmm. And I'm a little sad that game didn't even cross my mind when I was making my list. Because, it, I, well, okay. I, this is Sorry. why. 
I will be the first to admit that game is super shallow. Very, yep. very shallow shooter. I never even bought it. Um, this is only the second time I've red boxed it. Mm-hmm. However, over the course of the past month, I've been actively wanting to play a game of Battlefront, and I can't really explain why. I can't either, because you have been talking about it a lot, but I think it's fun to play, and I, it's probably because of the Star Wars like craziness right now. That's all, though. Like I, I think you'll, I, I think it's a phase. You'll get over it. I do too, but I also then started thinking. I haven't even seen it mentioned anywhere, and I, I was Be- obviously wasn't expecting it to win Game of the Year pretty much for anyone, or even being top threes. But I haven't even seen mentions or people bringing it up, which is no kind of crazy to me. It's it's universally mediocre, it seems. But yeah, I mean, you have to think like it was actually really difficult for me to pick ten games this year because because I played a lot of really good games this year that were specifically out in 2015. So like it was a good year. There was a lot of games to play. Mm -hmm. Battlefront doesn't hold anything to those. (laughs) That's why, that's why it's not being mentioned virtually anywhere. Really? I think. Yeah, no, I I agree completely, but it's still just a bit, it's just kind of strange that it's not even getting nods. I don't know. Yeah, and it and it probably sold all right, uh, who which knows? is really funny. I, I have no idea. I don't know if they said anything about the numbers or not. I would just assume, uh, like we we mentioned this before, just you know, Star Wars. Don't underestimate Star Wars fanaticism. Like mm-hmm. that that alone probably sold a million copies <laughs> at least. Just hey, I like Star Wars. Hasn't been around in a long time. Might as well buy this game. Might as well buy a console to play this game. You know, yeah, could totally see that happening. Buying a console for it. I told you, yep. I have an example of that. That's insane to me. Yeah. 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 I don't know. That's that is that is really crazy to me too. But it is it is fun to play. I mean, just because it's shallow, it still plays all right. And it, it like if you don't play many other shooters, the feeling of a Star Wars battle. <laughs> At least I'd think so. I think it. I think it does too because you know what I realized about crazy science fiction battles? They're terrifying. <laughs> They're utterly terrifying. Like after seeing Force Awakens like right at the beginning of that movie when they just, you know, it it reminded me of um D-Day in World War 2 where oh, I'm on this ship. I'm going to battle. As soon as the door opens, everybody's dead. <laughs> You know, like, everybody's dead. You have no chance of surviving that. Like, you're just getting shot immediately. Like, that's so... so, It's even more scary when it's lasers. Yeah, and you can... Oh, the sound. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah, it's it's wild. And, and like, the... That's that's part of the aspect of the game that I like. That there's lasers everywhere, and you actually do die pretty quick. Like, you you live and die quickly. Mm -hmm. Because all of those soldiers are just throwaways that you just throw them away (laughs) like like in in the force awakens where they just everybody just has letters and numbers they they don't have names it's very grim i just wanted to bring something up okay again while we were on the uh game of the year stuff you know what game came out this year 
evolve. Yes. How the fuck did you know I was going to say that? Because I read I read a couple things about, hey, do you remember what games came out this year? <laughs> and that I knew you were going to bring that one up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What a joke. All right. So so we're going to wrap it up and then get into some Force Awakens stuff. Sure. All right. Carry us home. Thanks for listening. You can find us every Monday by searching 2v1 Podcast, and you can subscribe to us on iTunes. Please leave us a review. That would be amazing, and it helps other people find us. And you can tell other people. That would be great, too. Lastly, check out our Game of the Year stuff, because we spent some time writing things <laughs> and, and hoping to write more things this year on our blog you can find it by searching 2v1 podcast or 2v1 blog in google and uh follow us on twitter at 2v1 podcast Thank you, and now let's, let's get to Force Let's Awakens. talk about Star Wars. Yeah. What did you think? Spoilers again. What'd you say? What did you think of it? I, I enjoyed it. I had fun. Frankly, a little underwhelmed, but I don't know, just because of how similar it was to A New Hope. All right, so... That's the only reason. I have a question with that, then. Th- th- yeah. This is kind of a universal thing at this point, how... that That's what I mean. Like, it's not... That's not surprising. How similar it is to A New Hope. However, yeah. while you were watching it, were you thinking that? Yes. Okay. I was. See, I yes, wasn't. That, I was very cognizant of that. It, it, that didn't really even cross my mind until I saw other people saying it. Now, let me tell you why. You've only seen that movie a couple times. True, but I also watched all three of the original trilogy right before seeing The Force Awakens, so it was fresh in my mind. <sighs> I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I am going to I'm going to be an elitist for a second and say it's because you didn't grow up watching it. And yeah, like I'm, I get that. I, that could I immediately be recognized all of the similarities, all of the story beats, all of the pacing, like characters, all of that stuff. I as it was happening, I was like, wow, they're just doing this again. They're just doing this again. Wow, there's another Death Star. <laughs> You know, and oh, it just happens to have a weakness that everybody knows or easily found out, you know, like it, it is, it was pretty obvious. So then that said, it didn't ruin it for me, really. I still thought it was really fun. I want to see it again, too. Yeah, I I intend to go again. Yeah. Do you want, let's, uh, since this is the spoiler cast, how did you feel about Ben and his little uh, tantrum he threw with a uh, Mister Mister Han Solo. I knew it was coming. Again, very obvious scene. Not necessarily from A New Hope, but Empire Strikes Back. Like building that up there on that long walkway where you know Luke finds out Vader's his dad. They they shot that scene very similarly. And then also you just had to know like Han's walking out on this like nothing open air bridge with his son who is evil. Han's dead. Like, you know, he's dead. Mm -hmm. 
it, that that it was just like oh well all right i guess he's gonna die so it kind of took away the impact like i wasn't really like i didn't gasp or anything well see i i'm on the same boat with you knowing pretty much that was gonna happen like the anticipation of it yeah from the beginning of him going to that bridge and pretty much from him even going down to the planet you kind of knew something was gonna happen i wasn't necessarily thinking that until the bridge thing i like i i didn't i didn't really consider them totally writing out the old old people immediately like i i didn't i came to that realization after after watching it not while watching it but yeah and and you mentioning that you know as soon as you kind of saw that happening it kind of drew you away from it i think yeah for me at least that anticipation was worse than it actually happening like just knowing yeah. that was going to happen, that entire scene on that bridge. I think um, I, let's I'll I'll step all the way back to when this movie was announced. I wouldn't have been upset if none of them were in it. So, I didn't expect much from their performance or inclusion or anything. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I wasn't, like, totally attached to anybody, like, Carrie Fisher being in it again as Leia was very throwaway, and uh, I, li- I, li- I always liked Han Solo, like, as a character, cool character, Harrison Ford, great actor. Um, still, though, I wasn't, like, I wasn't, like, hinging my enjoyment or, like, expectations of it on them. You know, mm-hmm. like I didn't expect my I, I, I figured they all would be written out in the first movie. Turns out it's only Han so far. Yeah, and while while we're talking about those three, I I didn't even know Leia was in it. Oh really? Going into it. No, I had no idea. I, I mean I I avoided as much as I could about the movie itself. The only reason I knew Han was in it is because it was too, kind of, but it it was kind of everywhere showing Han in it and like him doing interviews. I didn't see anything about Leia. Yeah. I I mean they announced that all three of them were returning in some form mm-hmm. like forever ago. <laughs> so Yeah, I don't even remember that. that. Was, yeah, I I knew that f- from the beginning of the hype, I guess. Like that was that was really big news. I, I'm kind of surprised you didn't know that. I don't know if I just completely missed it or was blind to it, but uh maybe you were blind to it. That, in, in, in the same regard, I had no idea until later on in the movie itself that Luke was going to show up in some form at some point. Yeah, I, I mean, again, because they, I knew they casted them. Mm-hmm. I knew he would be. But I kept thinking it was going to be some sort of, like, flashback. But I kind of like... See, now, this is where the similarities I'm okay with. Like, I was okay with them overall anyway, I guess. But, like, I really like Luke becoming... Obi-Wan basically like that that's that seems like a natural progression like he is the only Jedi left so like as of now other than uh Rey but but that feels right like he should be the uh master the um wow what is the word I'm looking for I don't know <laughs> what are you what are you trying the teacher the teacher that's that was what I was looking for <laughs> He he should be the new teacher to like the the next generation of people. Yeah, and I think that's that's what he was doing prior to him disappearing too. Right. Yeah, that's what they talk about. Yeah. 
which is cool. I, I like pretty much during the, my actual viewing, I didn't really have any major complaints. It wasn't until seeing everyone nitpick about it and seeing like the, the hardcore fanatics, which I'm not a hardcore fanatic, but I, I just don't know how I feel about the nitpickiness. Yeah. Um, everybody's going to be nitpicky about everything, mm-hmm. especially star Wars. But at the same time, like I, I agree with probably a lot of it. Like, but then I can see both sides of the argument. Like, Ray developed her powers way too fast. Like, that was, way too fast. Yeah, that was pretty much my Just, big thing. It was super silly, felt really weird, didn't feel natural, didn't make... It actually kind of took me out of, like, the battles and stuff. I was just like, what? Like, when, when they're sitting there staring at each other at the very end, her and Ren, and, and, she, and he's, like, waiting for her to realize that she can use the Force. Like, that was pretty stupid. But at the same time, like, they had a lot of ground to cover in a, in a series that is, like, going to be nitpicked to hell that they needed to, like, brush off probably certain aspects and get it out of the way and be like, hey, this is just how it's going to be mm-hmm. so we can make two really sweet movies after. That's fine. Like, I, I'm overall, I'm okay with it. But there was silly, silly shit, <laughs> for sure. What, what did you think of Ren? I like him. Oh, overall, I like him. I, I think he comes off like the the Twitter account of emo Kylo Ren like is very appropriate because he does look like a petulant child, but and acts like one too. But I think that's what they were going for, though. Which I think they were they too. Nailed it. Yeah, I think they. I think they were going for that too. That's what Hayden Christensen was supposed to be in the uh, prequel trilogy, and like he did it very poorly because it was all in a green screen in front of a green screen. Mm-hmm. But um. Yeah, the guy that Adam Driver, I think, is his name. The guy that played Kylo Ren, uh, pulled it off because he he feels and acts imposing, even though even though he like talked like a child sometimes and like was obviously emotionally whatever messed up. Like his mask, I love the new mask. I love the way he just appears. Like he he's a cool villain. That I'm like way on board with already. Yeah, and uh, the battle at the end with him and Ray, when he just kept hitting himself. Yeah, I just thought that entire scene in that that snowy woods was just shot fantastically, and he did a really good job with just. I don't know where I'm trying I to mean, go with that, but. Uh, well, also, I mean, I thought that ba- I thought that fight was a little silly too. Why? But. I kind of forgot. Well, no, I'm, I said that earlier, like the whole force thing with Ray and like Finn's useless and everything. But, um, it, the, the one thing to remember is that he was injured, mm-hmm. like severely injured, actually, not, not just, not just a little flesh wound, like got shot in the stomach by a laser. <laughs> well, yeah. And I did, after seeing it, I did admittedly do a lot of reading about it and a lot of people were calling calling that specific thing out like uh like why didn't he die why didn't he die and you know yeah. he kept hitting himself like whatever and it's not really something it, i would have never thought of this but it was explained pretty well is first off we have to look at what he got shot by which was um chewy's bow yeah and throughout that Throughout the the movie, they made a point of showing that hey, that bow blows 
troopers away. People away, yeah. He gets shot in the stomach with that. And doesn't really move. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Then the whole punching him himself thing was to bring, like, pain and hatred for the dark side. Like, that increased his awareness. Sure. 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 I was going to insert the qualifier of you could just say the force like you could just you could just say oh he's using the force to dampen his pain or or now that you're saying it makes more sense increase his power or whatever you know yeah he was trying to cause himself more pain sure yeah i i get that yeah i can see that and now and now thinking about that scene and him doing that i i'm more impressed with it and whether or not, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that's, I at least hope that's where they were going with that. <laughs> or let's, let's choose to think that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I like him as a character. It'll be cool to see. I do. I do too. Ultimately really like him as a character and as the villain. I think he's sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, Ray, I really like Ray too. Really? Yeah. I really like her. I, I like all the new characters. I'm still a little torn on Finn. I, I don't know. I think he's the new he's the new comic relief obviously and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um there's actually a lot more to him and his story that isn't explained in the movies. I guess there was a prequel book written um about it's like three mini stories, one for Finn, one for Ray, and I forget who the third one is. It might have been for Ren. Um and it just ex- explains how he was top class in every aspect of, of the first order, like hand to hand combat shooting, just everything. He was top of his class, which kind of explains why he was able to handle himself a bit in a certain situations. Yeah. Th- see, that's what I was going to say was he could sort of handle himself mm-hmm. sort of. Well, I mean, even with his fight with Ren at the end before getting kind of fucked, I, taking on Ren, who was trained by Luke at one point, he was able to not really get killed. So which which I think actually is more silly than impressive. Like when when he picks up they give him the lightsaber before they leave that planet um when they when they kidnap Ray when when he just picks up the lightsaber and he's like, "Oh yeah, I I can use this thing" and just like fights that stormtrooper like, "What?" No. It, it's it's funny you bring up that stormtrooper too cuz like he's an internet meme now, traitor. Yeah. T-R-A-R. Yeah. Um, but that's also brought up with his uh, little story, bef- uh, with uh, Finn's little story, is I guess he was part of his crew when they were all being trained. Yeah, they knew each other. Mm-hmm. Um, This is, this goes back to, and, you know, sort of like The Witcher and Halo, which we argued about. Star Wars, for me, mostly exists in film. Like, I like the games and everything probably never going to read the books that stuff's interesting but i don't think it like i'm really just looking at the movies as the movies you know Mm -hmm. so like not knowing that anyway that fight still felt weird you know he's using a lightsaber he's never used a lightsaber i don't care who he's fighting (laughs) you know yeah does that make sense like i i just don't i don't i don't know it just felt weird like and again, it goes back to how fast things moved and needed to probably move. But yeah, but one of my other gripes, very minor though, is I really wish they would have done something more with Captain Phasma. I thought 
Oh, uh, was that um was that Brienne from Thrones? Oh, is that who that actress was? I think I think it was because I kept seeing that she was in the movie. At least I think she is, and I couldn't figure out who else she would be. And I think it was that was that the stormtrooper captain. Yes, girl. And you're right. Okay, that is her. I did not know that. Okay, I thought so. Yeah, I they they really made her seem like she was gonna be something, mm-hmm. and then just kind of dismissed her. Yeah, even even whenever um, Han and Chewie at the end kind of pretty much take her captive. I couldn't tell you where she is or how she was left off. Um, you know what? I just assumed she was dead because they said uh they you know they alluded back to a new hope in the trash compactor and Han asked if there was a trash compactor that they could throw her in. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I remember so that. So I I I'm thinking she's just dead and that that's what I mean. She's just she's kind of just dismissed. And, and uh, that's upsetting to me cuz I think she could have been such a cool character. And I'm, I guess I'm really only basing that off of really liking her armor. Yeah, well, me too. And that's what I, that's what I'm, I totally get what you mean because like, they 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 introduce her as something important because she has special stormtrooper armor, mm-hmm. and then it's just like, okay, oh wow, maybe we're actually gonna like have a stormtrooper character that is a villain instead of just having them be like the throwaway grunts like that that would be awesome but i guess not (laughs) yeah i'm on wikipedia now just to see if they say anything about her and the last thing that they say under her story is uh a group dumped her down a shoot in a star killer's base yeah system man what a a waste then yeah that seems like a waste yeah Uh, and we were talking to this about this prior and you brought up not liking Hux. Yeah, I didn't yeah, I didn't really like hardly anything about him. But I, I don't get like I don't get that. I thought it was well acted and did what it needed to do in that position. I can't really eloquently explain why. I just something about him felt I, I actually thought his performance wasn't that great. Like that and that was just my immediate reaction to it was like this doesn't seem like a voice he should be doing or something i don't know it just it just didn't feel right to me but maybe maybe that will change like i do like i want to see it again i want to like pick it apart again maybe he his first impression was just bad Mm -hmm. on me i don't know well we know he's going to be showing up in the second one because i think it was just him and ren who ended up getting off before the explosion yeah i uh now that I think about it, there's like hardly any villains. It feels like like there's just Ren and and he's that like Hux probably isn't going to be ultra major character like because he's in the military part. But I, maybe I could be wrong. We'll see. Well, you, could, you could say that about a new hope, too. And Vader was really well. Yeah, I guess it was just Vader. There were there were a lot more like military advisors, I guess, but they were nothing too. Yeah, you're right. I, the only other thing I was going to potentially revoke that statement on about is you could you could say Boba was a bit of a villain in um, Jabba the Hutt, but I, I don't know. <laughs> no, <laughs> not in A New Hope, really. <laughs> and then there, there's Snoke. Very frustrated with that whole thing. I, I don't know... That that felt like, and they probably needed some sort of mystery to carry on to the next one, but I think they did a pretty good job in this 
you know, redoing of the trilogy of like not relying too much on CG. Mm -hmm. And he didn't look like anything special that would need to be CG. Like, why wasn't it makeup? Like, I know it was just a projection. I'm really hoping he's not a CG character at all. Well, like half of his face looked like it rotted away. It it just looked like he had a scar to me. Oh, I don't know. Like it just looked like his face was a little disfigured. They could do that with makeup, though. It, they could do that with makeup. And it would go, for me, go a long way. You know who did? Because I, I... Sorry, go ahead. What? I really, I really enjoyed that hardly... I wasn't really paying attention to... Oh, wow, that's digital. Where that's like the whole thing of the prequel trilogy like everything is digital and you it's very obvious i wasn't feeling that watching this one and i really appreciated it and then they had that other character that little uh woman at the bar scene the the cantina from a new hope essentially yeah it was the cantina yeah it was the cantina and um and she looked weird like I, i thought she looked weird she did yeah but at this point i don't know how else they really could get away with doing any of that. They could totally get away with doing. They did all of the other, all of the other aliens in that, not all of them, but a lot of them in that cantina scene weren't animated. Yeah, I guess. So they could do right. that. Um, by the way, did you know Snoke was Andy Serkis? No. Yeah. He was the one that did the, uh, acting for that, I guess. I also was like, why is this dude huge? That that's the next thing I was going to bring up is I was super confused at first until they. But then when when it was a projection, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, good. <laughs> yeah, I, I would have been a little upset if he was actually that size. Yeah, that would be just really strange. <laughs> um, and and speaking of Snoke, that back to my reading about after seeing the movie, I never knew of this whole rule of two thing. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Yeah, I, I never knew yeah. that. I just think that's kind of interesting how there's always the master and the apprentice. Yep. And how supposedly Snoke is this Darth Plagueis figure from a, a Sith Lord prior to a new hope who was supposedly killed by his apprentice, which was uh Darth Sidious Emperor Palpatine at the time. Um, there's a lot of talk right now about whether or not that's actually who it is, but yeah, we'll see. I have no, I don't know. Like I've heard that name before. But I'm not like I've been a fan of Star Wars for a long time, but I I am in no way deeply familiar with a lot of it. Yeah, just out of nowhere, I'll be the first to admit I just out of nowhere I just started reading about a lot of just the backstory and the the extended universe. Uh, I think um I think that probably has a lot to do with me being into it as a kid when the internet wasn't what it is now. And I played a lot of the games that I really liked, again, back then. Mm-hmm. So I only had experience with the movies and the games. And then when it got to a point where, like, you could Wikipedia everything and, like, learn more about the books and everything, I hadn't been really thinking about Star Wars at all, I guess. Yeah, like, when they when they uh, first, when I first heard Darth Plagueis and I started reading about him, I the first thing I thought of was, holy shit, this stuff is kind of more interesting than things that are happening in the movies themselves. Oh, definitely. Dude, the, the, the first Knights of the Old Republic game, like, way more interesting, has a lot of that stuff because it's a Bioware game and it has a bunch of text that you can read about, like, the lore of Star Wars. Like, I don't remember any of it now because I played it so long ago, but at the time, that was really fascinating. 
like being just in that universe. Yeah, just to like just to give you a, it's cool to give you a, a, just a real brief, quick idea. Like this Darth Plagueis figure, is supposedly like the most powerful Sith Lord to have ever existed, and to be so powerful that he can pretty much create life through the Force. Um, and during the time when he reigned as, as the master Sith Lord, his apprentice was Darth Sidious, who was Emperor Palpatine. Um, and Palpatine ends up killing Plagueis in his sleep. Huh. I don't know. I just think it's it's so cool. And I intend to read the uh, the Thrawn trilogy, which is the, the post um, post original trilogy kind of canon. Mm hmm. Man, we've been going on for a while. Yeah, we should probably call, like cut this short. Yeah. Now. <laughs> there's not there's not much more to talk about in the movie anyway. It was one movie. But yeah, I'm I'm excited. I liked it. I want to see it again. And looking forward to the next two and the spin-off stuff. Rogue One, right? Yeah, that's the next thing, which is next year, I guess. This year? I think. Well, this year, right, cuz it is 2016. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I will not. I will be probably doing that for the first month. Yeah, and then next year is episode eight. So right, sweet. Well, that's Star Wars in a nutshell. Cool. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening to the Star Wars spoiler <laughs> minute. <laughs> Star Wars spoiler half hour. See you next week. See ya. We should have named our podcast that, by the way universally mediocre yeah. yeah that's i like that mm -hmm. a lot actually yep <laughs> um damn it <laughs> we'll rebrand ourselves at some point when this dies eventually probably just don't forget it universally mediocre. I, i'll name this episode it so we don't forget good